Looking for the coolest 3D printed toys and collectibles on the interwebs? Look no further than Printer Dudes. Check them out at printerdudes.etsy.com and use promo code HOMERUN, that's one word, to save 10% off. That's Printer Dudes, D-O-O-D-S. Hey everybody, hey everybody, welcome, welcome to, the to the show. show. Uh, how's, how's everybody, everybody doing? doing? Happy, happy, happy Pride Night to everybody celebrating. celebrating. Uh, Carson, uh, Carson, believe it, believe it or, not, or not, it is, it is the, the first, first day of June, June already. already. Yeah, crazy to th- What's up, AJ? What's up, everybody? Things are getting, I don't know about your your part of the, over there in the in the mile high, AJ, but things are very hot over here in the land of 10,000 likes. Um. It actually hasn't been too bad here yet, but I'll tell you, it's the weirdest thing. The last, geez, I don't know. The last couple of weeks, we've been getting like a daily afternoon thunder shower that actually really reminds me of home, reminds me of, of New England and of Boston. Uh, and it's making me a bit homesick. Yeah, fair enough. Things have been very hot over here. Like we're what we hit 84 today we're gonna hit 89 on sunday it's it's gonna be Mm -hmm. hot with some but we're scheduled to get i think i think you guys are sending some of that rain our way so that'll be good Mm, you can keep the you can keep the the hot weather um i like warm i like mid 70s is is this is the sweet spot for me (laughs) Yeah, I would I would agree. I mean, it's almost too hot now, but yeah. Um, does it get humid? Do you guys does it get humid there? Oh yes, it gets yeah. humid. See, that's the one perk of one good thing about living here in Colorado is it's it's uh it's much drier here, so we don't really get that hot, sticky, you know, uh make you want to stay in the house weather yeah i sweat sweat almost as much in june as i do in october when the twins are playing a playoff game (laughs) all right well um that was the weather report brought to you by the eighth inning stretch (laughs) (laughs) uh no seriously i hope everybody had had a good memorial day weekend um you know hope you get a chance to do some barbecue in or catch the baseball or, um, you know, and just have a good time with your friends and family. Well, and hope everybody took a moment to kind of, you know, just a minute, just kind of pause and, and remember what the day is about. So, um, lots and lots and lots and lots of good stuff to get to, uh, Carson, this is what happens when we only do one episode a week. Yeah, we've. I think we talked about this a lot last year. It seems like the baseball world just decides to wait until we until there's like a holiday or something where we're not doing an episode, and then it's like, oh, yeah. bam, news, news, news. It's like, whoa, 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 hold on. And I also feel like most of the news, most of the big things happen. Uh, most of the big things happen at the beginning of the week. Yeah. Yeah, for whatever reason, it's always like a it's always like a Tuesday or or yeah. there's news that gets dropped on Monday and it's like, well, yeah, great. I was going to say nice. or Monday after we've already made the episode. So, 
Um, anyways, but there's no shortage of stuff to talk about. Uh, we did have a trivia question for you guys uh, for today, um, which was, who was the first pitcher uh, to be recorded throwing over 100 miles an hour? Uh, Carson, would you like to take a stab at this one? I'm pretty sure this is Nolan Ryan, the one and it only. It is, in fact, Nolan Ryan, yes. Um, oh, by the way, I, I have seen some of your guys, uh, so... If you listen to the show on Spotify, you know that Spotify has added this really cool feature where you guys can leave your, basically leave your feedback uh, right on the page for the specific episodes, which I think is really cool. Um, so I have noticed some of you asking for uh, trivia questions, Carson, maybe that are a little more deal with stuff a little more current. Yeah, that is, I mean you know it's it's you know some of these trivia questions it's hard to come up with kind of current ones but um yeah. you know maybe we could do like a like a guess the player based on their career path or something, or something yeah. like that yeah but we'll we'll iron it out for you guys yeah we'll we'll dig around for you guys for sure um so anyways yes the answer is known ryan and hannah from connecticut jeremy from oklahoma caden from arizona and nigel from pennsylvania all got it right and we're all picked uh in our in our drawing so congrats to all of you your 25 dollar printer dudes gift cards are winging their way to you as we speak so enjoy that um go get yourself something cool uh over there on printer dudes um and of course we'll have a new trivia question for you guys ahead of monday's episode jeez i almost forgot what day it was for a second um all the days that's the other thing about not doing uh taking a day off for us is it i mean all the days all blend together for me anyways uh but it's even worse um even worse when i don't have uh a recording a recording day to judge by um all right let's let's jump right in carson let's talk a little about the orioles we've been talking about them quite a bit this year already because they've you know newsflash everybody in case you haven't noticed the orioles are really really good uh, if I'm not mistaken, they currently have the second best record in all of baseball, which I didn't think I would be saying that uh, anytime over the last, you know, 10 years. But here we are. Um, so lots going on in 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 Birdland there, Carson. Cedric Mullins, uh, their outfielder, has gone to the 10 day IL. Um, and in response to that, they signed Yankees cast off Aaron Hicks. And I got to tell you, when I saw the news about the Orioles signing Aaron Hicks, I'm just, I'm, I'm so happy for Aaron Hicks. Yeah. Um, as I kind of, you know, had kind of alluded to when we had originally talked about Hicks uh, being DFA'd by the Yankees, um, you know, had kind of, kind of seen a scenario in which a team loses a key contributor in the outfield and odds are he yep. would be, he would be signed up. Um, it's just it just so happens that it's the Orioles. He stays in the AL East, which will be extremely interesting. Um, but obviously Cedric Mullins, huge loss for the Orioles, a key part of that team for has been for for quite a few years now, has been their best player for quite a few years. Um, you know, it's sounds like he's on the 10-day IL right now. Right groin strain was kind of what I had what I had seen on social yep. media. Um, 
sounds like sounds like they are still hesitant on putting an actual timetable on on how long he could be out. So the Hicks signing makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Uh, yeah, Mullins. I what I heard was yeah an abductor slash groin injury. So obviously hoping it's not too serious and that he's back. But yeah, I mean, good for Aaron Hicks. Like, I mean, it was almost you know he gets he gets cut loose by the Yankees. Cedric Mullins goes down for the Orioles. The Orioles go, hey, we need an outfielder. And and there's Aaron Hicks. Um, I don't know. I'm already looking forward to the next Yankees-Orioles series. Um, although it'll probably be in Baltimore now that I think about it. Because the last time they played was at Yankee Stadium. But um, interesting to see how Yankees fans will react to that. Because, I mean, yeah. Let's be honest. Aaron Hicks... Aaron Hicks was struggling, but, um, you know, I, 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 I don't know, but I kind of felt like the Yankees were a little too quick, um, you know, to sort of, uh, to cut him loose, but, um, Hey, I guess the Yankees loss is the Orioles gain. Yeah. I mean, he's the, the ironic, the ironic thing about it is, um, been kind of kind of did some research too earlier today and it sounds like he had exited his um his Orioles debut with some muscle cramps uh so hopefully oh. hope those are just hopefully those are just cramps and nothing too nothing more serious than that um but but yeah the the signing of Aaron Hicks in in replacement of um of Cedric Mullins makes a lot of sense Hicks has shown brilliance in the outfield and at the plate so yeah yeah it's a it's a good pickup for baltimore and it was i mean the timing couldn't have been any better uh one other note of uh another roster move that the Orioles kind of made grace pitcher grayson rodriguez uh sent back down to triple a to work out some stuff uh carson he had a really he had a he had a really tough outing his last time out yeah, and honestly, you know, kind of saw this move potentially coming. You you can't be too careful with Grayson Rodriguez, who um, has been heralded as not only one of the top prospects in that Orioles system, uh, alongside one Mr. Adley Rutschman. Um, yeah, you know, he's been heralded as one of the top prospects in baseball. You can't be too careful with him. Um, and and you know, like you said, rough outing his last time out against the Rangers. Only went for Rangers, three and yeah. a third but gave up eight yeah. earned runs with three home with three homers and three walks. So not definitely not the greatest outing for him. So he'll go, go back down to the minors, kind of work, work some things out. And honestly, I don't blame the Orioles at all. Can't be too careful when it comes to this kid. No, definitely not. Um, one other thing about the Orioles I've seen, <laughs> I've seen some disturbing, some really just disturbing and really just baffling comments on social media from Orioles fans uh, who apparently are still not happy with their team, despite the fact that they have the second best record in baseball. Um, I'm sorry, but you don't get to be, you don't get to be entitled. You don't get to be picky. Your team has been terrible for the last decade. And they've built themselves through mostly through mostly through the farm system and mostly through prospects and drafting have built themselves into a legit 
playoff team and maybe even more than that uh Carson I gotta be honest seeing stuff like that from Orioles fans again it's not all Orioles fans they's you know it's a it's a it's a small portion of them but I just I just don't get it that just makes me mad yeah or Orioles fans come in close for a minute calm down <laughs> like you're you're gonna be okay like you know and I think I think some of the frustration AJ might stem from a little bit of a panic that not only is Grayson Rodriguez not doing too well but Gunnar Henderson yeah. struggling in his first major league season um, and these are two guys that were highly highly touted um, in the Orioles farm system which for a long time you could certainly make the argument has been the best in baseball mm. um, so you know it's it's probably a little bit of panic that some of these top guys haven't quite figured it out yet, but not every rookie has that kind of jump to superstardom. This is still a great start to the season for the Orioles. Yeah. uh, Baseball is probably the most unique sport when it comes to rookies and, and prospects. Um, Baseball isn't, baseball isn't uh, instant results for rookies. Um, you know, I, I think we've talked about it before when talking about the the MLB draft. Like, just because somebody gets drafted in the you know the first round of the MLB draft, that doesn't mean anything, Carson. This isn't the NFL uh, or the NBA or even maybe to a lesser extent the NHL, where a top prospect comes in right away and is able to make an impact right you know right out of the blocks. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like like you said, you know, this isn't the NHL, you know, this isn't the NFL draft. This isn't the NBA where first rounders automatically basically boom, starting lineup you go. Yeah, it's a little bit more like the NHL. It's going to take these guys a few years of playing in the minors um, before they're ready to come up to the major league before they're ready to come up to the major leagues, because you got to remember, some of these guys are getting drafted out of high school and you're not going to come in and play major league baseball when you're a 16, 17 year old, like unless, nope. unless you are some sort of incredible superstar phenom. Sorry. You're just, you're just not like a certain one we're about to talk about here in a minute, but yeah, no, I know, I know it's, I know it can be frustrating to be a fan. Uh, I guess, you know, if I were a fan of, you know, if I were an Orioles fan, if I were a fan of a team that had been, you know, that had struggled for several years and then all of a sudden they're good. And then they hit a couple of, you know, road bumps. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I guess I might be a little, I might be a little edgy. I might be a little on, you know, on edge about certain things, but take a deep breath Orioles fans. It's going to be okay. Uh, Your team is despite these little hiccups, which are inevitable, over the course of 162 game season, your team is going to be okay. Uh, your team is really, really good. And Carson, I think you and I have we've both said it. We both agree this Orioles team is the real deal, and they're they're going places. No, yeah, they are. They are certainly certainly building a legit core, and um, if not to to contend, maybe. F- you know, not just for this year, but years down the Beyond. road, could, be a, could yeah. be a playoff stalwart. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about a team that could be, you know, yeah, in the playoffs perennially. So, 
Um, anyways, uh, Carson kind of already segued into this. So we're talking about, you know, some kind of phenom. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, learned this name, Ethan Salas. He is a 16-year-old. No, you heard me right. 16-year-old prospect in the Padres system. I mean, his pro debut with the low A. I mean, that's, you know, to be fair, low A, that's the that's the lowest level of the minor leagues. But still, uh, made his pro debut, Carson, with the Lake Elsinore Storm on Tuesday. And just went out, had a sing- hit a single, hit a double, and, and worked a walk. Um, and the Padres project he could be playing with the big club. Uh, playing in San Diego by the time he turns 20. Well, first of all, this makes me feel extremely unproductive at the age of 24. <laughs> um, yeah, why aren't you playing center field or shortstop for the Twins already, Carson? What the heck, man? Well, I'm not trying to take Carlos Correa's job. Let's let's just okay. That's fair. You yeah. know, I'm I'm not trying to take that man's job. Absolutely not. But um, yeah, absolutely incredible. Um, you know, to, to make your, make your debut at, at 16 to make a pro Mm. debut. And again, like you said, you know, low a, you know, it's, it's not exactly the most fierce competition at this point. It's still going to be kind of some, but a lot of these guys are still going to be considerably older than you. Um, you know, there's going to be probably some 19, 18, 19, 20 year olds in that, in that system, in that league that you're going to be facing. So, and yep. the fact that they could project him to play in the majors when he turns 20 is absolutely insane. He's already ranked as the third best prospect in the, um, in the Padres, in the Padres organization. And the fact that he could play by the time he's, by the time he's 20 or 21 is absolutely insane. Yeah. So, uh, he is a catcher. Um, and if that projection holds and everything goes, you know, uh, everything goes according to plan, I guess. Uh, Carson, he would be the youngest catcher to make their major, major league debut since Pudge Rodriguez, which is, I mean, holy shit. You want to talk about mind blowing? Yeah, that's nuts. I mean, I'm pretty sure Pudge Rodriguez was pretty good. Yeah, you know, might might have heard might have heard a couple of things about, about that guy. Um, <laughs> he was but yeah. he was decent. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, absolutely insane. Um, absolutely nuts to kind of think about the fact that that he could be making his debut at twenty, 20. years old. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. So everybody, do yourself a favor. Pause the episode, or when you're done listening to it, or or you know when the episode's over, whatever. Do yourselves a favor, click on over to YouTube and look up Ethan Salas. Uh, his last name is spelled S-A-L-A-S. Look up Ethan Salas highlights. Um, this kid is incredible. I mean, you want to talk about Phenom? Yeah, this kid is freaking unbelievable. I was blown away watching this guy's highlights. And Carson, I know we're not playing buy or sell yet, but I am buying stock in Ethan Salas right now. This kid is going to be a star. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and use one of my favorite phrases on this show. Um, Shut up and take my money. Um, Absolutely. You know, 
obviously he's still young. He's still got a lot of developing to go, but he is certainly on oh, the yeah. track. Absolutely. He's yeah, he's on the right. I mean, he's already drawing. I mean, again, this is yeah, he's got a lot of work to do, clearly, but uh he's already drawing comparisons to Yadier Molina, another guy that I think is a pretty, you know, okay catcher. Yeah, you know, he's not bad. He he he, he he's not bad. <laughs> Yeah, not too shabby. Uh, pretty, I mean, pretty damn impressive to be 16 and already drawing comparisons to Yadier Molina. And I don't, I'll be honest with you, everybody, I don't normally go in for those kind of comparisons like, oh, you know, such and such is the next such and such. No, I, I normally don't go in for those kind of shenanigans. But in this case, um, yeah, I'm I'm just floored. Um I don't know, man. I can't wait to see. I can't wait to follow this kid's career and and see where it where it ends up. Yeah, it certainly should be a lot of fun. And also, good on the Padres for for taking a chance. I mean, talk about. I mean, normally a prospect that makes a date that starts in low A. You know, you're talking yeah, eighteen, nineteen, maybe even twenty. You know, college age basically you know, end of high school, beginning of college, uh, sometimes even older. So talk about taking a taking a huge chance uh, on a 16-year-old prospect. That's insane. Yeah, that's a, that's a very big risk, uh, no doubt about it. But on the flip side of that, whoever in the – whoever the scout was in the Padres organization that watched Ethan Salas in high school – uh and thought yeah we we should draft this kid um whoever that person is in the scouting department they need a raise yesterday yeah give him give him all all the money um yeah absolutely back up the brinks truck for whoever that's back up the brinks truck for whoever that scout is um because talk about i mean i mean talk talking about doing a hell of a job and i mean i guess sometimes you get lucky you know, with prospects, but, uh, I don't, I don't think this was luck. Um, somebody in the Padres organization saw something in this kid. Um, and, uh, I mean, now look, so, um, anyways, yeah. Ethan solace, seriously, do yourself a favor and, and, and YouTube this kid. Cause, uh, you'll be, you'll be blown away. Uh, all right, let's take a break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about, some contenders and pretenders um, and also take a way, 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 well, sort of early look at the trade deadline and figure out uh, who the buyers and sellers are going to be listening to the eighth inning stretch. And we'll be right back. Looking for the coolest 3D printed toys and collectibles on the interwebs? Look no further than Printer Dudes. Check them out at printerdudes.etsy.com and use promo code HOMERUN, that's one word, to save 10% off. That's Printer Dudes, D-O-O-D-S. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show, into our middle segment. Okay, Carson, it's officially June. We are officially two months into the season. Uh, and I think it's... I think it's time to I think we've seen enough of the sample size to start separating the contenders and the pretenders. 
Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think we've, I think we've seen seen enough to at least, again, like you said, at least start doing it. By right. no means are we locking everything in at this. Oh point. no, absolutely it's not. A, no. It's at least a start. No, these are not predictions or, or you know, of who's going to make the playoffs or anything like that. This is because I think you can you could break down the baseball season into certain milestones, and I think, uh, you know, Memorial Day, the end of May, Memorial Day, the beginning of June is is one of those like unofficial milestones, and then you've got from now until the, I mean, obviously the All Star break. Uh, and then the trade deadline, and then so I don't know. I I don't know about you, but I kind of feel like at this point, you know, by the time the calendar gets to June, the teams that, for the most part, again, we're not locking these in. For the most part, the teams that are going to be in contention for a playoff spot have already distinguished themselves and have already sort of set themselves apart. And now the next little you know, I guess from now until uh, from now until the trade deadline sort of is about, you know, solidifying that their positions. Yeah, I think it I think at some point it's going to be, you know, there there are teams that already I think we can lock in for the most part. But yeah. there there are still some teams that are teetering on the precipice of joining one club or the other. Yeah. Yeah, and there are definitely there are definitely some teams who are you know yeah like yeah teetering is a good word. Um, they're 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 struggling. They haven't quite figured they haven't quite figured it out and put things together. But if they do put things together, uh, they're more than capable of making a run. So, anyways, without further ado, Chris and I thought we'd shake things up a little bit with this, and I because we always start with the American League when we do stuff like this. So I thought we'd do a little bit different and start with the National League. So let's just just go ahead and start throwing out your National League contenders. I mean, National League contenders, obviously the the Dodgers and the Braves. Um, yep. Can't believe I'm about to say this, given my love for that team out in L.A., but the Diamondbacks, I think, have got to be – they've certainly made a good case for themselves, tied currently for that lead in the division. Um, I'd say the Mets right now are more in that contender status. Um, but for, for me, those are kind of my top, my top four, at four. least contenders right now. Yep. I had Braves, I had Dodgers and I'm, I'm so, I'm, I'm shocked and yet extremely proud of you for putting the Diamondbacks on that list. Apparently, ladies and gentlemen, it appears my incessant talking about the Diamondbacks and the fact that I am driving the Arizona Diamondbacks bandwagon. By the way, there's still room on it, but seats are going fast. Um, has has worn off on my illustrious co-host. <laughs> I can't believe it either, but they've yes. they've certainly made a good case for themselves. Yes. Uh, yeah. No. Seriously, the the Diamondbacks are the real deal. Um, pretend. I I have I take one exception with your list, however, the Mets contenders, really. I think I think it's some I think at this point they are um I mean cuz they have not shown me a whole lot of nothing to this point. I mean right now they're on a three game win streak and his with his last outing Scherzer was able to turn back the clock so he's they've they've Fair got enough. me believing. I mean they are above 500 uh which is 
somewhere they haven't been, I don't think, all season. Three and a half games out of behind the Braves in the NL East. Okay. Um, yeah, maybe. Um, maybe they're one of those. Because I when I when I came up with my my lists here, I kind of had there were a couple teams that I wasn't really sure what to do with. Uh, so I think I need a third category of the the maybe category, the the limbo. They're in limbo. Um, I think I would put the Mets there. Uh, but like I said, contenders, Braves, Dodgers, Diamondbacks. Uh, we agree on all those pretenders. I have the Brewers. I have the Phillies. I'm sorry, Pittsburgh. The Pirates and the Padres as my pretenders to this point. Pittsburgh, I'm sorry too, because you're also on my pretenders list. Yeah. Um, I, I also agree with you on the Brewers. Um, I also agree with you on the Padres. I'm very surprised that you said that the Padres were contenders. Um, given yeah. I know how much you love that team. I do. Um, I'm also going to go ahead and I'm going to say that the Miami Marlins right now are pretenders. Um, I still, yeah. I just haven't seen enough from them consistently. Um, and especially with, um, I had saw today that Louisa rise, uh, ended up exiting, exiting the game with some sort of leg injury, which could be bad considering, once again, the man is having a hitting season like no other. Um, so I've got them as a pretender. And for selfish reasons, I've got the Cardinals as a pretender. <laughs> you guys really haven't been able to step it up. Are you kidding me? You're still sitting at 25 and 31. Can anybody from the NL Central just be a contender, please? Yeah, I, I knew you were going to lump the Cardinals in there. Um, yeah, I mean, the Pirates, I mean, they started off, you know, they started off just, you know, smoking hot and have just come crashing right back to earth. Um, I mean, the good news for the Pirates, Carson, is that NL Central is awful. Yeah, it's um, it's not good. <laughs> um, which, uh, I mean, man, what is it with both Central divisions? This divisions, year? yeah. It's just been both god-awful, but... It's weird to say that right now that division is still anyone's game. Even the Cubs are only four and a half games out, and they're at 24 and 31 right now. And don't look now, ladies and gentlemen, but the Cincinnati Reds have won seven of their last 10 games. Uh, so, I mean, that, that yeah, I don't know. That division is just bad. That's, a, that's just a take your pick at this point. Um, I really thought, well, I mean, obviously, we all thought the Cardinals were going to be better. Um, and I really thought that the Brewers, uh, were going to show us something this year too. So, um, yeah, that's just, that's just bad. All right. Uh, American league contenders. I have the Tampa Bay Rays, duh, the Baltimore Orioles also, duh, and the Texas Rangers. Um, the Rangers are the real deal. If, if the the Diamondbacks are, I'm driving, I'm driving the, I'm driving the Diamondbacks bus bandwagon in the National League, Carson, and I'm driving the Texas Rangers bandwagon bus in the American League. The Rangers are the real deal. 
Yeah, I agree with I agree with all of yours. I've got a couple that I would want to um, that I would want to add. I've got the Rays, Rangers, Orioles. Um, I'd also add at this point. Um, I'd add the Yankees in at this point. Um, yeah. I mean, it's they've been they've been hot <sighs> as of late, um, and it seems Lit. like things are kind of finally starting to come together for them. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Blah blah blah. Good for them. <laughs> And as if I haven't already made my illustrious co-host wretch oh, no. over there Don't in Mile it. High, Houston joined the Contenders oh, Club once again. Come on, Jose no. is back. You guys are going to be good to roll. Houston fans rejoice. You're back. Mm, no, not buying it. Um. Interestingly enough, two of those teams you named are on my pretenders list. The Astros and the Yankees. Big surprise. Um, no. that. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying the Texas Rangers. The Rangers are definitely not going to run away with that division. The Astros. Ugh, excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, why suppress my gag reflex. The Astros are still a good baseball team, despite whatever the hell that was that they called this offseason and all the injuries and yada yada yada. The Astros are still good. They're not gonna go. They're not gonna go away quietly. Um, the Yankees. I don't know. I the Yankees kind of remind the Yankees and the Mets are kind of in the same category for me. I I don't when I was. Well, I mean, I put them in the pretender category, but the Yankees, I, I, I don't think they've, they haven't shown me a whole heck of a lot yet either. Okay, yeah, they're they're thirty four and twenty four, they're six games behind the Rays, um, but as as well as they've been playing as of late, Carson, they're still two games behind the Orioles. No, yeah, and you're. You know, and again, that is certainly a good argument. You are absolutely right. Like they're they're still in third place in the in the division. But here for for me with the Yankees this year, here is kind of the big key. It hasn't solely been the Aaron Judge show this That's year. That's true. Yeah. This you know, we talked about it a lot last year, last how year. it yeah. was it was Aaron Judge and we were surprised that he didn't have a he didn't have a broken back from carrying this team all season long. Yep. It's not just the Aaron Judge show this year. I mean, no. Anthony Rizzo has had a spectacular year this yep. year. Um, you know, we've seen you know we've seen some of these younger guys struggle a little bit so far, um, like as Waldo Cabrera and Anthony Volpe going through a little bit of the growing pains that come with that kind of come come with a being a young player in MLB, but. Another guy who was having a solid was having a solid first year in pinstripes, uh, Harrison Bader. Had yeah. actually, you know, before he got put on the ten day IL, had an eight oh six OPS, which is third on the team behind Rizzo's eight eighty and Aaron Judge, who's still over one, which is ridiculous. Um, but you know, Glaber Torres has had kind of a bounce back year. The pitching seems to have I mean, sort of gotten its act together when they're not trying to use sticky stuff. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, it just, it doesn't feel like it's just the Aaron Judge show this year. No. And I think that should make, make rival fans a little bit worried. Yeah, I, I 
I will I will concede that point. Yes, it does seem like it's a little more of a team effort than last year. Um, still some injuries to deal with, obviously. John Carlos Stanton's still out. Still some injuries on the pitching side. Um, I mean, well, this is why we're this is why we said we're not locking any of this stuff in because you know, I mean that that could obviously change. Um, uh, I just don't. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm we'll we'll see. Um. I mentioned a couple of teams that have there are some teams that don't really slot into any either category because they've you know they've struggled and they haven't quite put everything together yet um so just real quick I think the Blue Jays are one of those teams that are sort of right there teetering uh my Red Sox have been infuriating uh and I but I still think that they can uh, I still think that they can figure things out and put things together uh, and do some damage. And uh, Carson, I think another team we have to put in that category, that category is the Seattle Mariners. Although the Mariners have won seven out of their last 10 and are, you know, still sticking around in that, in that AL West. Um, any other teams you think are kind of, you know, sort of right there on the brink, but haven't quite put things together. I mean, purely out of I know what this team has done to me the the angels I think I have to put in my pretenders yeah. list because yeah. I know what they've done to me they get off to a nice start and then it slowly collapses um yeah. you know as far as I can't I can't put my twins in pretenders yet I I would say that they're kind of a team like we've talked about in limbo at this point um yeah I'll get into a little bit more of of on the twins um, when we talk talk in just a second about the, uh, our kind of early trade deadline predictions, but um, mm. I'm I'm sorry to do this to you, AJ, but um, your Red Sox are pretenders. Ah, I'm wounded. Can't believe you just did that. Um, I mean, I don't totally disagree with you. However. This is, I'm speaking directly to you, fellow Red Sox fans. Keep in mind, Chris Sale has finally figured things out. Adam Duvall has resumed baseball activities and has begun his rehab in AAA. And oh, by the way, some dude named Trevor Story is also on his way back. Um, so I know, I know they've been infuriating. I know they've kind of been all over the place. It's either been they can't swing the bats or they can't pitch, or they can't swing the bats, and then they couldn't pitch, and now it's back to can't swing the bats, apparently. Uh, but we've seen this movie before. They get everybody healthy. The All-Star break rolls around, and they come out of the All-Star break like a house on fire. Red Sox fans know, if you've been a Red Sox fan for any amount of time, you know they either they either they do one of two things basically every year. They either scuffle, they stumble at the beginning of the season, and then turn it on after the All-Star break, or they come out like a house on fire the first half of the season, and they stumble and trip and tumble into the finish line and barely make the playoffs. So just keep that in mind. Anyways, um, that's my that's my Red Sox pep talk for now. Um, all right, let's... Let's talk about the trade deadline because 
you know, when I first when I first started looking at this stuff, I went, oh, the the trade deadline is kind of far away. Uh, Carson, the trade line, the trade deadline is basically two months away at this point. Yeah, that's kind of wild. Um, because I mean, we've got June, obviously, which we just started, and then July, which July is kind of you know obviously broken up, split in half, sort of by the All Star break, and then after the All Star break, July thirty first is not far away. Yeah, that's pretty crazy to kind of think about the fact that it is. It um, really is. We're we're this close to the trade deadline, but I love the trade deadline. It's probably my favorite. It's probably my favorite day of the season. So I'm Ditto. very excited. Yeah. Yeah. Aside from, yeah, I would say I would say opening day, obviously, uh, the all the the home run derby and the all star game, uh, the trade deadline, and then and then the first day of the you know when the playoffs start. So. Uh, all right, let's talk about American League buyers. Uh, I've got the Orioles, the Yankees, my Red Sox, your Twins, the Rangers, and the Mariners are going to be buying at the trade deadline. Yeah, I. Um, as far as buyers at the trade deadline, I mean, first of all, my Twins, get a bat. Like get get somebody who knows how to swing a bat yeah. at this point. Um, Joey Gallo, quick shout out. Hello, where did you go? <laughs> I highlighted you in in the first episode of the player positivity, and you have now disappeared. Disappeared. On yeah. Like you you ghosted me. How are you ghosting me right now? Um. But yeah, I think it. the the Twins definitely need some offense. For once, it's actually not so much our pitching that's letting us down, which is mm. absolutely incredible. Um, although Pablo Lopez, hi, get your act together, please. Um, just while we're on that subject, but you know, I think a, a nice bat would be good for the twins. Could use another bullpen arm. Um, mm. as far as other teams who I think should buy, um, honestly, I'm fine. If the, if the Rays end up standing pat where they are, um, I think they're a good, they've proven that they're a good enough team where they don't necessarily need to buy, um, I think yeah. the Blue Jays should definitely be buyers in this trade deadline. You've got a real a real shot to at least make a good run at a wild card um, this year. So I think they should definitely buy. Angels, I am begging you, please be buyers at this trade deadline. Um, but And then I agree with you in that the Mariners should also be buyers. I wouldn't mind seeing even Baltimore you know, kind of sticking their neck out using using some of those prospects that we've talked about to to play with as some ammunition. Um, yeah, but but yeah, those are kind of those are kind of my teams at least in the in the American League for for now that I could see being buyers. I'm glad you brought up the Rays because that I I deliberately left them off my list of buyers because I think the Rays are in the camp of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, they've been. They've, I mean, they've, they've pretty, they've been the best team in baseball, at least record-wise, uh, for for the whole season so far since 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 opening day. You know, they went on that crazy winning streak to start to see, to start the season, and they're, you know, I mean, they were the first team to win forty games. They're they're forty and eighteen, which is, uh, even better than I think a lot of people thought they were going to be. Um, so yeah, if I'm the Reyes, I'm not, I'm not messing with nothing. Maybe uh you know, maybe between now and then they'll have a, you know, they'll have a gap, a spot to fill because of an injury or something. But other than that, 
Um, the Orioles, the Orioles definitely, the Orioles are, the Orioles are, and we kind of talked about this before. Uh, the Orioles are close, but they're 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 a piece or two away from from putting them over the top. Yeah, like I said, I would not mind in the slightest if they used some of that prospect pool pool to play around and and stick their neck out. Yeah. Obviously, for the right price, has to be for the right price. Otherwise, yeah, there's, of course. Otherwise, there isn't really a. Otherwise, there isn't really a point. But, um, you know, we'll we'll see if they end up doing that. I think that's the right move. Take advantage while the while the iron's hot, so to speak. Um. But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised to see them stand pat because let's mm. let's just face the facts here, AJ. I don't think they're going to catch the Rays in terms of the the AL East. So you're kind of just hoping to hang on to a wild card spot. So maybe a few minor moves here and there, but nothing significant. Um, the Rangers. I mean, Yankees, Red Sox. They're pretty much always buyers of the trade deadline. That's not news to anybody. I mean, unless they're you know completely out of it. And you end up with the, you know, late 2012, you know, with the, the the trade the Red Sox made with the Dodgers, where they basically shipped off half the team. But um, the Mariners, last year, we saw the Mariners. Well, two big things happened for the Mariners. Because the Mariners were in a very similar position last year, which that's another conversation for another time. But... They were in a similar position last year, and we saw the Mariners. Well, one, they got into a fight with the Angels, which seemed to light a fire under them, and then they went out and they they were they were big they were buyers at the trade deadline. They went out and got Luis Castillo, who was easily one of the best pitchers on the market. So, I mean, call me crazy, but I think history repeats itself for the Mariners this year, uh, and they go out and they make a. You know, they go out and they make a splash. They definitely need pitching with, with, um, oh my God, I can't even remember his name, the pitcher that, that's hurt. Um, Robbie Ray. Oh my God. I can't believe I forgot his name. You've got Robbie Ray on the shelf for the year. Uh, I think the Mariners, I think they go out and get a pitcher and I think they go out, they go out and get a starter, uh, maybe a bullpen arm. That probably wouldn't be the worst idea. But I think the, the biggest thing maybe the Mariners need Carson at the deadline is a bat. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think some starting, some starting pitching depth wouldn't hurt. Um, you yeah. know, when, when your top pitcher in, in war is George Kirby at a 1.8, maybe getting some yeah. pitching depth wouldn't necessarily hurt. No disrespect to George yeah. Kirby. Um, no, but you know, as far as as far as the bullpen goes, I think the back half of the bullpen is okay with uh, Trevor Gott and Paul Seawald. Um, but yeah. you know, maybe maybe getting another kind of long relief arm, middle relief arm, yeah, um, to to add to that bullpen might not be a bad idea. Especially especially because when the playoffs roll around, uh, having those having depth in that bullpen is always a good thing. Absolutely. And as far as a bat goes, um, no disrespect to AJ Pollock, but at this point he should not be your DH if you're trying to contend. Um, no. you, you need a, you need to go out and I think get a bat that could serve as a DH, maybe a, maybe a power hitter, um, you know, to, to serve as that DH. Cause you know, the, the, the Mariners have, have some guys who can hit for power. 
Um, but yep. maybe maybe what you go out and get is a guy who can also be an be an RBI machine that you can stick in stick in the bottom half of the lineup and just go out and make contact. Yeah, somebody in like the four or five spot in that lineup would be nice. Um, I mean, obviously you've got Julio Rodriguez, uh, you've got uh, Ty France, who's been Jared Kelnick, who has had a, I mean, talk about a turnaround from last year. Um, and of course they went out and got Teoscar Hernandez in the off season, but yeah, it's just, just one more. Yeah. Exa- like exactly. Like you said, just one more run producer, some, another guy who could go out there and, and get you some, some RBIs. Um, all right. Let's talk about American league sellers. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, angel fans, but your team are not going to be buying at the trade deadline because we all know how this We've we've all seen this movie before, uh, you know. You hang around for a while, yeah. You're thirty and twenty-seven. You're six games out of first place in the thick of the wild craze. We all know the wheels are going to come off. Um, the Angels are going to be selling, and I think uh, I don't think it's ridiculous to think that one of the names on their on other teams' shopping list is going to be Shohei Otani. Uh, the Tigers, I think, are sellers. I know you put the Blue Jays and the buyers, Carson, but I think the Blue Jays are going to be sellers. Uh, the Blue Jays have been, I've, I've been really disappointed by the Blue Jays. I thought they were going to be, I mean, yeah, they're respectable record, but I thought they were going to be way better than this. Um, and then uh, another one that pains me to say it. Uh, well, maybe not. You might not be very upset by this, but I think the Cleveland Guardians are going to be sellers because they have just not. The guardians are are uh, the guardians are just not in good shape. Yeah, that's fine by me. Um, if, if, the Gar- <laughs> if the guardians want to go want to go ahead and go crazy and, and sell, that's that's all well and good. Um, please feel free. Don't 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 let the don't let don't let the record stop you. Shane um, Shane Bieber to the Twins. <laughs> if we somehow manage to land. Shane Bieber, that will be a not that will be a can't miss episode of the eighth inning stretch. Let me tell you right now. Um, heck, I'd even take him. Sorry, Twins fans. I'm not. I'm not trying to get your hopes up, Twins fans. Um, actually, a name on the Guardians that I, if the Guardians are in fact selling at the deadline, Carson, a name on the Guardians that I would be extremely interested in is one Mister Zach Plezak. I would also be very interested in Zach, please, Zach. Um, yeah, come, come on, yeah. come on over, Zach. Um, Big fan. I, I also uh, wouldn't necessarily hate a uh, Cal Quantrill either. Um, oh yeah. You yeah. know, if we're if we're looking for if we're if you're a team that's looking for a nice bullpen arm, uh, look no further than Quantrill. Than yeah, than a um, even yeah, you know absolutely. Quantrill could absolutely go in the bullpen. Look no further than almost a James Karinchak who. Hasn't had the greatest season yeah. this season, but can certainly come in That's and another plug, one, yeah. plug a plug a bullpen up for sure. Um, yeah, the Guardians have no shortage of. I mean, I hope I'm wrong about the Guardians because I, I don't. Uh, after the awesome, yes, we know. <laughs> um, you know what? This is payback for calling the Red Sox pretenders. All right. Um, no, I, I. After the awesome year they had last year, I, I really I had high hopes. I still have high hopes for the Guardians because if I've said it once and I've said it a million times and I'll say it a million more times, 
You cannot count out a team managed by Terry Francona. Can't. Anyways, uh, let's talk about the Angels because you had the Angels in your buyers. I have them in my sellers. Is there a particular reason you're so optimistic about this year's Angels team versus the last 10 editions of the Angels? Well, it's not necessarily that I'm optimistic. It's just for my my mental sanity. I need this team to be oh, okay. higher. No, <laughs> um, no, 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 no. Let's let's Fair not enough. let's not get it twisted. For my mental sake, I need this team to be buyers. Um, Fair enough. But obviously, like you said, the biggest question coming into this trade deadline will be Shohei Otani. Will he, you know, do the Angels feel confident enough that they could re-sign him, or do mm. they decide to try and strike while the iron is hot? get something for him at the trade deadline. I think it's very much going to depend on, I would say that as far as trade deadline status goes, I'd put the angels in the limbo category because I feel like it's going to very much depend on where they go in these next two months, where they sit in the wild card standings, especially um, where they sit potentially in the AL West division standings. I think a lot of it is going to depend on their successes and or failures over over the course of these next couple of months to kind of see where they go. And I mean, AJ, let's not forget, last trade deadline, we were hearing rumors that Shohei Otani might be on the market. And that was, to, to everyone, that was extremely wild. So who knows what they're going to pull off this time. Yeah, I mean, I think the key for the Angels is uh, when, you know, as far as deciding what they're going to do at the, at the trade deadline, if they are... In if they are in serious contention, I mean like actual contender for a playoff spot or even occupying a playoff spot come the trade deadline. Um, I think you yeah, I think they're absolutely buyers, and I think you I think you you keep Shohei Otani and you and you see what you you know uh you you see about getting a deal done this winter. Um, but if they're not See, I wouldn't even say in contention for a playoff spot. If they're not in contention for a playoff spot or occupying a playoff spot, even if it's a wild card spot at the trade deadline, I think if you're the Angels, you have to do something with Shohei Otani because you need to get something back for him. Because you can you can get a hell of a return for Shohei Otani because teams will you know, you could get a you could get a date with somebody's mother for Shohei Otani uh, at this point. But if they if they don't deal him at the deadline and they don't make the playoffs, Shohei Otani is going to walk, and he's going to get the biggest contract in the history of Major League Baseball, probably the biggest contract in the history of pro sports this winter. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you said. If if I'm the Angels and there's even a remote chance that Shohei Otani walks, I would, if I were running the Angels, I would need to be very confident in not only the fact that I could contend in the playoffs, but make a deep run. Um, and even yeah. then, I still might have to ponder considering trading Shohei Otani. Yeah, absolutely. Um, not a not an enviable enviable position uh, for for the angels front office by any means. Um, and oh, by the way, you've also got an aging Mike Trout on your hands too. So uh, no, I do not envy the angels front office. All right, real quick, national league buyers. Um, 
I've got the Braves. I've got the Mets. Yeah, I know I'm contradicting myself on the Mets, but I think with the right moves, uh, I think the Mets could turn things around. I've got the Brewers. Um, again, that's another team I think with the right moves could turn things around. Um, I've got the Diamondbacks to the surprise of absolutely no one. And I've also got the LA Dodgers as buyers. Yeah, I agree with I agree with all of those. I think out of all of those teams, I think the Brewers have to be buyers um, in order yeah. to create some separation, not only in the central, but try and solidify themselves as a as a contender instead of a pretender. Um, yeah, I think given the given the right moves, um, you know, I said that they were I said that they were pretenders, but um, I think if given the right moves, the the Marlins could be buyers this off or this trade deadline. Um, again, yeah. they'll kind of kind of have kind of play in the wait and see approach with them over these next couple of months as well. But um, other that's really the only the only team that I would put different on my list. Otherwise, I agree with all of the ones that you would put on yours. And I think here I go again. They're going everybody. Everybody out there is going. Oh Jesus, here Jesus, here it goes again. Seriously, with the right moves, the Arizona Diamondbacks, ladies and gentlemen, can be. I mean, they're already a team that I personally I wouldn't want my favorite team facing in the playoffs. I wouldn't want to see them on my side of the bracket in the National League. But with the right moves, um. Yeah, I they're going to be a team that nobody's they could be they could be a team that nobody in the National League is going to want to face uh, come October. So um, and we could even I can't believe I'm going to say this. We could even be talking about the National League West champion Diamondbacks at that point, which is just nuts. Um, Sellers, uh, I had the Marlins because I just. Yeah, I maybe the Marlins are one of those teams that we kind of put in the limbo um, because we're not really sure what's what's going on, um, you know, and if they're gonna if they're gonna be in this thing. Um, boy, this this breaks my heart to say this, Carson, but I think the Phillies, the Phillies are sellers at the deadline. Crazy to think of that the that the Phillies could possibly be sellers, but I just I yeah. I think it's too early for me to say that the Phillies should be sellers. I mean, cause you know, they're not going to trade Bryce Harper. You're not going to trade Trey Turner. No. They are kind of your two big assets right there. Um, that yeah. aren't even going to be in consideration on the market. Um, but, but I, you've got JT real Muto, for example, Reese Hoskins. I mean, there are some names that, could make some very tempting trade bait for teams. Very true. And again, well, you know, JT Real Mudo has been one of the most reliable catchers since he came into the league steamingly. Yeah. Um, so he's a beast. So he could the the Phillies could certainly field some calls on him. Reese Hoskins is one that I didn't even think about. That's a very intriguing name. You want to talk about a power yeah. bat that that you could add yeah. into into a Mariners lineup for as a, as a mm. hitter. There you go. Now hitting the designated hitter for the Seattle Mariners, Reese Hoskins. Oh, I love the sound of that. Well, there we go. I think Jerry Depoto. Are you listening, Jerry Depoto? Make it happen. I think I just <laughs> I think I just predicted our first trade there, apparently. Um, but I mean, obviously I think the the Rockies should be sellers. Um oh, I, I think yeah. I think Ryan I think you should sell Ryan McMahon at this point. Um 
Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily be surprised to see at least floaters or taking some calls on Chris Bryant as well. Um, the Nationals. What a train wreck. The Nationals, let's be honest, what what is there really yeah. appealing about the Nationals at this point? Um, I mean. I don't think they have anything to sell. I was going to say, I, I don't know if they'd have anything <laughs> they want to sell either because a lot of their guys are still kind of, they're still kind of building a young core anyway. Um, I would lump the uh, I would lump the Giants into that category. The Giants, uh, man, I thought I thought the Giants were going to be I thought the Giants were going to be you know uh, a lot better this year. But um, and then I think we have to talk about the elephant in the room. We have to talk about the San Diego Padres because I put them in my pretenders list. Uh, who knows what the hell is going on in San Diego? Uh, they have just not. Not, not, not lived up to expectations whatsoever. Um, I think the Padres are. I think the Padres are sellers. And you want to talk about a team about a team with some intriguing names on their list uh, that will be on other team shopping lists if the Padres are in fact sellers. Uh, not the least of which, and I don't think he's untouchable. Fernando Tatis Jr. Yeah, you've got a who's who of the past several years of baseball on that on that team. Yeah. Um, but for, for me, I don't know if I can say that the, that the Padres are going to be sellers because that still is one of the best cores in baseball. I mean, Todd, yes. Xander Bogarts, Manny Machado, Juan Soto. I mean, the, the pit, the pitching, you've still got big names in you Darvish, Blake Snell, Joe Musgrove, you know, yeah. they're, they're having, they're having down years now. Um, which makes you think about some of these older guys, like maybe maybe a U Darvish kind of goes on the move. He's getting up there, thirty six years of age now. Um, maybe maybe he's one to watch for on this Padres. He could really he could really help somebody out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, by the way, U Darvish could. That's a veteran, experienced arm that could really that could be a player. That could be a guy that you look at. Like we were talking about earlier, some teams that could use some pitching depth. Uh, I mean, I hate to say it again, but uh, who says no to you, Darvish, in a long relief role for the Seattle Mariners? Um, also, Derek Falvey, president of uh, Twins Baseball. Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't hate you, Darvish, for a long relief role for us either, if you're listening. Um, but yeah, I think I think out of all the names on the Padres, if the Padres were to sell, I think the most intriguing, the one that could probably move more than likely would be you, Darvish. Yeah, um, and again, the Padres have a hell of a team. They just they're one of those teams that we were talking about earlier. They just they haven't quite put everything they haven't put everything together quite yet. Uh, but if they do, watch out. I mean that that I mean. Look at this, you know, look at the season they had last year, and that was without Fernando Tatis Jr. So um, if the Padres put everything together and figure this thing out, uh, you want to talk about a team you do not want to see on your side of the bracket, uh, that they would be they would be maybe at the top of that list. So uh, all right, we ran a bit a little we got a little bit wordy. We learned we ran a little bit lengthy with the segment, but that's okay. Um uh, Let's let's take our last break, and uh, when we come back, we're we're gonna play some buy or sell, and uh, and talk about your answer your guys' mailbag questions.
Looking for the coolest 3D printed toys and collectibles on the interwebs? Look no further than Printer Dudes. Check them out at printerdudes.etsy.com and use promo code HOMERUN, that's one word, to save 10% off. That's Printer Dudes, D-O-O-D-S. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show, into our third and final segment, and that means it is time for everybody's favorite part of the show, buy or sell. So let's just dive right into this thing, and boy do we have some doozies for you today. Uh, leading off, the aforementioned Angels and Shohei Otani, Carson. Shohei Otani, buy or sell, Shohei Otani would be more valuable as a closer. Sell. That's, that's wasting, that's wasting the potential of Shohei Otani. He, he, he has, he's too good to be, to be saddled with just being a closer. He's, he's making it work as a starter. I mean, he's. He's just as valuable. He's just, you know, obviously you could put him wherever you want and he would probably be valuable. But for me, he's most valuable as a starter. I'm selling this all the way. Valid points, all of them. However, hear me out for a second. Shohei Otani, two-way player, plays plays in, you know, in the field and the starting pitcher. What if, what if, because, I mean, he can clearly, he's, he's, I mean, I would make the argument that he's as good as, he's, his bat is as good as his, his throwing. So, what if he is an everyday starter, you know, in your, in your lineup, right? You've got his bat in the lineup every day. Do you think maybe saving him for, maybe not necessarily a closer, maybe a relief role instead of a starter, but do you think saving not putting as much wear and tear on him as a as starting every five days. Do you think that maybe you don't think that could maybe benefit him by putting less wear and tear on on him physically and maybe and probably mentally? I mean, ben, benefit him benefit him physically, yes, but but the question isn't Shohei Otani would benefit more as a closer. Right. right. The, the question true. is Shohei Otani would be more valuable as a closer. And for me, that's just that I don't see that. Um, yeah, that would be, yeah. I don't know though, man. Having Shohei Otani come out as your closer, I mean, you want to talk about a you want to talk about a dude that, you know, we talked about it last episode or a couple episodes ago about closers who, when they came into the game, you knew that, it, you know, you know it's game over. And and I, I just, I don't know. I think Shari Otani was one of those, but I don't know. Could just be me. Um, so we mentioned the Cincinnati Reds have, have gone on a little bit of a streak. They've won seven of the last ten. They're hanging around in the abysmal NL Central. So Carson, buy or sell. The Cincinnati Reds are a threat in the NL Central. Sell. So they're they're not quite there yet, um, but they've they've got some great prospects coming up. They've got Spencer Steer. You're welcome. Um, yeah. They've also got <laughs> Christian Encarnacion Strand, who has been killing it in AAA. You're welcome yeah. again. God, what highway <laughs> robbery that trade is becoming. Um, I don't think they're quite there yet, but they are they are very well on their way. Yeah, I'm I'm selling this. I'm selling this with a uh I'm selling this with with a with a catch. Um right now, no, but do I do do I think that they could take advantage of 
that abysmal National League Central this year. And, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe squeak into a wild card spot if if they somehow figure out a way to, you know, to go on a bit of a run. Uh, no, not right now, but I think the the future in Cincinnati isn't as dismal as maybe people thought. No, certainly not. They've got some great prospects coming up, not to mention one of the top ones in baseball in L.D. De La Cruz, uh, who could yep. easily be a part of the of the big league lineup next year. Um, yeah. You know, they've, they've got a great pipeline system. They're kind of doing the same thing almost that the Pirates have done, building that young core. Um, I just hope Joey Votto yep. sticks around long enough to see this team be successful. Yeah, here's hoping. Uh, same goes for Jonathan India. Uh, all right, the Texas Rangers. Uh, we've we've been singing their praises all year. Uh, so by or so, the Texas Rangers have the best chance to keep the Tampa Bay Rays out of the World Series in the American League. I mean, right now, I feel like I have to buy. You know, it doesn't really seem like any other team team stands any sort of a chance. Looking at the depth of this Rays team and. Um, how they've been, you know, how well they've been executing to start the year. The the Rangers seem like they're just seem like, you know, not even just record wise, but just from from the eye test for me, seem like they're the closest. So I'm going to buy this. Yeah, buying this one also, I think if it comes down to a American League championship series between the Rangers and the Rays. Um, yeah, sorry, Rays fans, but I'm I'm going I'm going Rangers all day. Um, this is a, this is a seriously good and seriously dangerous team. Um, and I, I mean, again, I not to sound like a broken record, Carson, but the, if I'm, if I'm in the American league, the Texas Rangers are a team I do not want to see on my side of the bracket. No, absolutely not. And why would you, um, you know, this yeah. team has been, been executing and they've been, you know, Bruce Bochy has Certainly earned consideration for AL Manager of the Year. Yep, 10 out of 10. Uh, all right, last but not least, uh, Pete Alonzo on, on a pretty good home run clip so far. I think he's up to 30 now. Uh, so, Pete, buy or sell, Pete Alonzo passing Aaron Judge's home run total from last year. I mean, that number seems insurmountable. I, I have to sell it right now. No disrespect to Pete Alonzo, but I mean, Aaron Judge was at an in, almost insane clip. Um, you know, I I have to sell on this one. Um, oh, that is tough. You know what? Screw it. I'm I'm buying this because I think Pete Alonzo. Yeah. yeah, I mean, 62 home runs obviously is you know I mean that's that's insane. We don't really see those kind of numbers anymore. But that being said, if there is a hitter, if there is a hitter that can go on the kind of tear that can get him to that to that number to that level, uh, it's it's Pete Alonso. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily. I mean, he's a. I just think he's the he's he's one of those hitters that could, that is more than capable of catching fire and just, just going on a tear. So. Yeah. Can't necessarily say I disagree. Um, boy, wouldn't that be crazy if, 
uh, you know, Judge hit 62 last year and then uh, across town at his, you know, at the Yankees' bitter across town rivals, a Met uh, passes. Oh, man. The, the headlines for the New York newspapers practically write themselves. Um, all right, let's get into the mailbag. Let's let's dive into this. Uh, first and foremost, uh, Nate from Kansas. Carson wants to know, which players do you think deserve more attention from the national media? I can't believe I'm saying this, but Wander Franco of the Tampa Bay Rays. It just, it feels like no play on the Rays is necessarily getting a whole lot of, and maybe I'm just not looking in the right, right spheres of social media, but it feels like the Rays just aren't getting a lot of love in general. And to me, that starts from the top down in Wander Franco hitting a career best 298 with a 362 on base, 482 slugging for an 844 OPS. I mean, he's, hitting career bests in every category and is a huge part of the American League leading Tampa Bay Rays, but it feels like, and again, correct me if I'm wrong here, AJ, but I feel like I don't see a lot of praise for Wander Franco. I don't see a lot of praise for him or the, or like you said, or the Rays in general, uh, which is, you know, just baffling for so many reasons, considering how good they are this year. Um, I think part of that is, you know, comes from the fact that they, you know, of, uh, you know, that they're the Tampa Bay Rays, you know, not the, uh, you know, not playing in a, in a bigger market or whatever, but yeah, that's, it's just ridiculous. Um, yeah. And I do think Wander Franco is definitely someone I would, I would put on the list along with most, I mean, basically all his teammates. Um, I'm going, I'm sticking the, in the AL East, but I'm going a little, a little different direction. Uh, I'm going with Orioles first baseman Ryan Mountcastle, um, who, oh, by the way, uh, is hitting 253, 307, 455 with 55 home runs in his two seasons so far. Uh, and in that stretch of two years, his 55 home runs are more than Anthony Rizzo, Freddie Freeman, Jose Abreu, and Josh Bell. Uh, I don't see, you want to talk about a player I don't see, I, I never see anybody talking about. Uh, except maybe on MLB Network occasionally, it's Ryan Mountcastle, Carson. Yeah, now that now that you say that, especially with the with the Orioles doing well, you know Ryan Mountcastle has been a pretty pretty integral part of that team since he since he came up to the majors back in 2020. Um, and you yeah. know he's he came up in in those those couple of years where Baltimore was still not very good. So, um, you know, Mm-mm. he's 26 years old, still got plenty to plenty to do in his career. Um, so yeah, certainly not a bad pick there either. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we could, I think we could, we could, we could come up with a, we could spend an entire episode, you know, just talking about, uh, underrated players, you know, players that don't get the attention that they should be from the national media. So, um, all right. Kaylee from New York wants to know, Carson, what is your favorite metric metric for measuring hitting? This is a great, great question from, from Kaylee. Um, for, for personally, I like to, um, you know, I'm a little bit more of an advanced, uh, analytics and stats nerd. Um, so I, I usually like to go with 
at least the the basic um, analytic stat nerd type statistic in OPS, uh, which is on base plus your slugging percentages. Um, I just I like OPS because it kind of shows not only you know how you're how you're getting how well you're getting on base, um, but it also kind of shows you know how how well you're hitting hitting the ball too because batting average is nice but it doesn't tell the whole story Mm-mm. yeah uh no ops is ops is good i'm not a i'm not a huge fan of the of ops is good um but i've long been a i've long been a a supporter and a long been a fan of of just on base percentage because like you said yeah, batting average is great, and let's be honest, batting average used to be the gold standard, you know, for for hitters, and it's it's not anymore since we've had on base percentage, because on base percentage doesn't just factor in your hits, Carson. It also on base percentage literally keeps track of how how well, how often, and how how good you are at getting on base, whether it's with a hit or you know, or even or walking and. Um, especially if you're talking about guys near the top of the lineup, you know, your, your one and two spot hitters and even your three spot hitter, um, how good they are at getting on base and setting the table for your, your four five and six guys. Yeah. And again, like you said, you know, on base percentage certainly, you know, has become, I feel like more of kind of the, the stat that people first gravitate to in terms of in terms of looking yep. at his statistics it doesn't I know I it do. doesn't f- necessarily feel like it's it's all about the batting average anymore yeah batting average using batting average alone is is pretty much a thing in the past so uh yeah awesome 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 question uh Naomi in Washington this is this is the one I've been waiting for oh boy uh what would surprise you more Carson the Diamondbacks making the playoffs or the Diamondbacks not making the playoffs? At this point, it's the Diamondbacks missing the playoffs. I mean, they're tied with the they're tied with the Dodgers for the best record in the National League. At this point, I'd be far more surprised if they didn't make yep. the playoffs. Yeah. Uh yeah, I would be yes. Them not making the playoffs would be a big surprise. But I'll tell you. I'll go one step further. An even bigger surprise for me would be this team not winning the NL West. I would I think I'd be more surprised if they <laughs> I still think I'd be more surprised if they won, to be honest. Um I mean the the Dodgers have just ruled over that division for so long. I'd be surprised at this point if anybody else won that, not just the Diamondbacks. Yes, the Dodgers' reign of terror has extent has been far too long over that division, um, but I think, and I know it's a you know obviously it was the playoffs and it was different, but I would I would make the case that the San Diego Padres last October Carson proved that the Dodgers are not, uh, you know they're not invincible like they like they once seemed. I don't know. If it's just me, um, I'm just I'm still delighting in the fact that the San Diego Padres beat the LA Dodgers in the playoffs last year. I know you are. 
Well, that makes one of us. Um, all right, last but not least, Ryan from Georgia. Oh, boy. You know, I almost didn't even put this in here, but um, will you guys be watching the Barry Bonds documentary? You better believe I'm going to be watching this documentary. I'm, I'm more yeah. watching it just for the intrigue itself of how, you know, I haven't seen, I haven't gotten a chance to see a whole lot about it yet. Um, but from, you know, AJ, I want to see how much they actually talk about the steroid scandal. I want to see, you know, if Barry Bonds actually divulges anything in this documentary. I am so incredibly curious because these are, there are, from what I've seen too, some of these producers are the same people who did the last dance and the OJ documentary. So I am... Mm very very curious mm. to see what all gets involved in this documentary you know my initial reaction to this was hell no i'm not watching anything to do with that cheating slime ball um but i'm glad you mentioned the last dance because yeah i saw that too that it was you know uh, at least some, I don't know if it's all the same people, but some of the same people who made The Last Dance, which for me is uh, one of the better, not just one of the better sports documentaries I've seen, uh, but one of the best documentaries, period. Um, if they, if this is as transparent and as, and as brutally honest, you know, the people interviewed are as honest and open as they were, uh in the last dance then yeah i might actually give this a watch which i can't believe i'm saying because um yeah i guess if yes if they take an objective a an objective uh take about barry bonds and not make him look like some superhero uh which is what i'm afraid of to be honest then yeah i i'm i might tune in and check it out I'm so excited for this, AJ. I can't. I genuinely can't. I'm so excited to watch this. This is going to be so good. Well, I don't share his level level of enthusiasm. However, um, I'm willing to at least keep an open mind, which for me is having anything to do with Barry Bonds. Um, you know, if this was an A-Rod or Roger Clemens or, you know, Hell no, absolutely not. But since some of the same people are involved that did the last dance, I think it's at least at least worth a watch. Um, you know, at least worth checking out. So uh anyways, everybody, thanks so much for sending in your mailbag questions. Keep those coming to Ethanitrash at gmail.com. Uh let's talk about our must-watch games, Carson. What have you for our Tankathon series? Oh boy, we're heading we're heading straight into the Tankathon series this this, this time around. All right. Um well Well, I know I know all our fans are just sitting there waiting with bated breath. So Well, it's it's a series that's involving a team <laughs> that I don't know if I would have ever there, there are a lot of there are a lot of contenders this time around again, AJ. I've, um, there are. But yes, I mean, you know, as much as I've picked on them this season, this series is just too bad to ignore. Traveling out to Kauffman Stadium again, it's the Kansas City Royals taking mm. on the Colorado Rockies. I 
this close, Ugh. this close, AJ, to doing the Nationals and the Phillies, but that series is just too, the 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 Rockies and the Royals is just too bad to ignore. That is that is some bad baseball for sure. Um, oof, Rockies Royals. Ugh. Um, that might be too bad. That might be too ugly to watch. Um. Yeah, that might, that might be a bit too much. Uh, my must watch. A lot of contenders like got Yankees, Dodgers, Rays, Red Sox. That's a biggie. Uh, Brewers, Reds, which I don't think is as much as much of a snooze fest as it might have been last year. Blue Jays, Mets. That's a good one by Carson. I am going. I am taking our fans to the desert, to Phoenix, Arizona, uh, and Chase Field. For the Atlanta Braves visiting the Arizona Diamondbacks, I am so hyped for the series. This is going to be so, so good. Uh, we talked about, you know, we talked about last episode, the episode before, about the Yankees and the Orioles and that being a measuring stick for the Orioles. This, this, my friend right here, this is a measuring stick. This is a statement series for the Arizona Diamondbacks. If they could win this series against the Braves, this will officially put the rest of the National League on notice and go, hey, look at us. Certainly We're the real you've deal. You've got Merrill Kelly starting game one of that series, who should be in contention for the NL Cy Young. Um, but, yeah, a lot of great series this time around. Orioles-Giants is one that I'm also excited for, which also, by the way, everybody, in case you're counting, that's about the 10th time that AJ has mentioned the Diamondbacks on this <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's got to be way. You are, you are right. I was, I was under exaggerating there for of our audience. Um, <laughs> I mean, Yankees Dodgers looks like it's going to be an absolutely phenomenal series, as it seemingly always is. Exactly, That's classic. classic. Angels and Astros, yep. I'm very intrigued by. Um, you know, we kind of talked a lot about the Angels. I think mm. this is a good stepping stone for them, a good measuring stick for them. Rangers and Mariners, I think, could be a good series. Yeah. Blue Jays, Mets. That's going to be good. Your your Red Sox face quite the challenge yeah. in the Tampa Bay Rays. There there are quite a few good series this time. Out. Yeah. yeah, there really are. And I think we're really starting where sometimes it doesn't, sometimes not so much, but this is one of those times where the, the balanced schedule really shows its, you know, its advantages. I mean... I'm sorry, but when was the last time the Baltimore Orioles played the Giants in San Francisco or at all for that matter? I mean, that's a crazy or even the, you know, um, what was the other one? There's a there was another. Oh, the Blue Jays and the Mets. I don't remember the last time. Those yeah. two played uh, each other. Call call me a sucker for the balance schedule. I absolutely love it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The balance schedule has been has been great. Um, of course, you know, then we get, uh, stinkers like the Rockies and the Royals, but you know, um, you know, I guess that is what it is. Um, one last thing, nothing, nothing too crazy. Uh, just, just a bit of a situation to keep your eyes on, uh, baseball fans. Um, Diamond Sports, who was the broadcast carrier of the San Diego Padres games, um, has lost the media rights to the Padres games because of whole a whole slew of issues, most of them mostly involving money. Um, and 
don't want to get too deep into that all that uh stuff but um essentially what's happened is diamond sports couldn't pay their bills to the padres so therefore they have lost the media rights to the padres and major league baseball will be taking over broadcasting padres games for the last of this year um Basically, you'll be able to watch Padres home games on MLB.tv um, for free for a little while, and then you'll have to pay for it. Um, but this is just something to really keep an eye on because this is an isolated incident for now. Um, but this could become a trend, and that could be very bad news for all of us baseball fans um, if these regional sports networks start losing rights to their teams. Um, and MLB starts sort of moving in and, and taking over these broadcast rights because, let's be honest, uh, MLB doesn't have the greatest track record as far as as far as broadcasting. Um, I mean, I, I use MLB.tv. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of MLB TV. I use it. I, I get it every year um, because it's pretty much – it's basically the only way for me to watch my Red Sox, you know, living here in Colorado, so – um, plus, I like to watch, you know, a, a kind of a wide variety of games. Um, but uh, MLB doesn't have the best track record with it. Um, the blackout restrictions, the blackout restrictions are a little, are a little. Um, blackout restrictions are interesting. Um, for example, uh, the Colorado Rockies. Uh, we're playing the Seattle Mariners in Seattle, and I was unable to watch the game because MLB TV was basically like, well, wait a minute, you live in Colorado, so you must be a Rockies fan, so we're going to black this game out for you. Um, so like I said, this it's an isolated incident for now, uh, but this is definitely something every baseball fan, we should all, we all need to keep our eye on this and, and follow this. Um, because it's an isolated incident for now, but this could turn into a trend, um, and that may not necessarily be yeah, a good well thing. said. Um, and I highly encourage everybody if you're a uh, subscriber to the athletic, they've got a lot of great articles that have kind of chronicled this whole saga over the over the past couple yes, of months do. or so. Uh, this is yeah. this has kind of been an ongoing issue Absolutely. between MLB and Diamond Sports. Um, and it is something that um, hits close to been. home because as twi- as a Twins fan, our Twins games are put on by Diamond Sports as well. Um, so this is something that I know I've been following yeah. very, very closely. Uh, but I highly encourage everybody to go check out some some articles, do some research on this because it's a, it's a very, you know, compelling overall issue. But it's also one that, like AJ said, could hit uh, hit all of us in the not so distant future. All right, for we're we're yeah. back with. Thank you, shout out to the athletic, athletic by the way. Love it. The athletic's awesome. If you guys, if you if you don't already subscribe to the athletic, and no, by no means are we. You know, we're not sponsored by the athletic. We're not. You know, I mean, if only. Um, but seriously, if you're not already subscribed to the athletic, do yourselves a favor. They they always have they always have deals on the subscription. I think when I subscribed, I only paid ninety nine cents for a whole year. So um, they're 
Carson, I think you would agree that they're one of the best, if not the best source of yeah, a hundred a hundred percent would agree with that. Absolutely. But after Anyways. a little hiatus, we are we are back with player player positivity. Um, and for this player positivity, I actually found it in um, this particular player leads the league in a certain stat. And believe it or not, AJ, he is also a player who has been almost kind of an afterthought in two major trades. Uh, back in August of 2022, he was a part of the trade that sent Josh Hader from the Milwaukee Brewers to the San Diego Padres. He had played in he had played in three games for the Brewers before getting sent to the Padres. Then played in 14 games for the Padres before being sent before essentially being sent to the um or excuse me, the Padres were first, the Brewers were second. So he only played he only ended up playing in three games for the Brewers before getting sent to the Oakland Athletics as part of the as part of the three team trade that ended up getting Sean Murphy as a Atlanta Brave. This player currently leads the league in stolen bases with 28 on the season and was born, no kidding, AJ, nine days before me in 1999. Any idea who this player could possibly be? I, I was just going to say, I'm sitting here listening to you talk about this, and I... No, I, I haven't the foggiest. The center fielder for the Oakland Athletics, Astori Ruiz, who currently, as we've as I've discussed, leads the leads the league in stolen bases with twenty eight. Um, is really getting his first chance on this Oakland Athletics team. We got back to back Oakland Athletics in the player positivity, um, hitting two sixty nine batting average, on base percentage of three thirty five, and a six eighty five OPS. So congrats. Congratulations to Asturi Ruiz. You are Damn. this episode's player positivity. That is, that's an impressive stat line. Um, wow. Yeah, look at you shouting out the Oakland A's on back-to-back episodes. Uh, talk about, I mean, as, and, and, and I, I really, I really like that for two reasons. One uh, this player positivity spotlight thing is is just awesome. Uh, and two, as abysmally bad as the Oakland A's are, they've got some really talented young players on that team. Um, yeah. So so good on you for for shouting those guys out because let's be honest, they're not getting they're not getting any attention from from anybody probably at this point. Uh, all right, that's that's pretty much a wrap for another episode of the eighth inning stretch. Uh, you can, of course, reach us at eighth inning stretch at gmail.com. Um, you can also drop us a DM on Twitter at eighth inning pod. Of course, while you're there, don't forget to follow us and uh, and click the little bell, click the notification so make sure you get the latest from us. And as always, don't forget to check out our awesome sponsors over at Printer Dudes. They are your one-stop shop for the coolest 3D-printed toys and collectibles on the interwebs. And as a thank you for being a fan of the show, you can use promo code HOMERUN, that's one word, 
and save 10% off your order at printerdudes.etsy.com. That's printerdudes, D-O-O-D-S. Uh, and my friend, that that's a wrap for uh, for another one for another, us. Another, another one, one in, in the, the books. books. Hopefully, everybody stays stays cool this weekend during the uh, during the dog days of summer. Um, yes. We will we will talk to you guys on Monday. Hmm. Uh, believe it or not, uh, our next Crazy. episode will be our seventieth episode. So, go us. Um, and. We say it all the time, and at the risk of sounding like a broken record, uh, none of this, none of this would be possible without you guys. So um, so keep it up, uh, and thank you. Uh, yeah, everybody have an have a awesome weekend. Uh, stay cool. Have some fun. Stay safe, of course. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys on Monday.